What's up, guys? Welcome to the Social Bamboo Podcast, teaching only the fastest and most sustainable social media growth strategies out there. I'm your host, Derek Vidal, and today I am joined by Mark Savant. Mark is the man here. He's pointing. <laughs> I don't know. You're trying to point at me? No, it's the other way. For If you're watching with us on YouTube, he's trying to point at me, but uh, our screens must be the inverse uh, way because <laughs> he's pointing off screen here. Uh, but uh, Mark's the man. I, I've been uh, fortunate enough to speak with him a bunch on Clubhouse in the past. We we were the, the entrepreneurs who really tried to, to take Clubhouse to the next level. And Mark is actually still active on Clubhouse. So might even talk a little bit about that today. But we used to run some rooms in the past about how to grow up a podcast mostly. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about podcasting is Mark's real, uh, you know, field of genius, uh, but just entrepreneurship in general. And uh, being a dad as an entrepreneur might be some of the topics that we're going to get into today. Mark, how you doing, man? Give us a short intro to yourself. Yeah, what's up, Derek? What's up, everyone? My name is Mark. I run a podcast production agency. And I recently left my job. And leaving my day job to focus on something that I love it, it completely changed my life, completely changed my life. It took me a long time to get to the place where I could leave my job, my soul-sucking day job of over 10 years, my career. And everyone thought I was crazy. They told me I was crazy. They still think I'm crazy. But I'll tell you what, I've lost 20 pounds. I have more energy. My relationship with my wife and my kids is better. I wake up every Monday with purpose and passion. And really, that's what I want to do. I want to help and empower other people to leave that day job, to carve their own path, and to build a business that they love. And I, I do that in a lot of different ways. But I, I think once you get on that, really what I'm focused on, Derek, is helping people get on that path to six figures. How can we get you to your first six-figure year? Because when you get on that path to six figures, when you start developing out offers that work and start generating real income, that's when the doors open, baby. That's when your whole life changes and transforms and that's really what, what I'm working to do. That's what I'm working to do. Yeah, that six-figure year is usually what's comfortable for people to uh, have entrepreneurship be their their only source of income, too. They can leave their old job a little bit easier. Uh, there's also that phase where, I mean, it can take a few years to have your, your six-figure year sometimes. Maybe you op- the first business idea wasn't a good one. So you have to ride that out for couple years even before you change to the working one. It can be a long path. What well, is, it is. I think it is a long path. And the, the biggest lie that's being told now is all these TikTokers and influencers saying that, oh, I left my job. I'm making seven figures and it's easy and you can do it too. And I think that's bullcrap. I think it's really difficult. I think there's a lot of skills that need to be learned. I think there's habits that need to be implemented. I think there's failures that you need to go through. And through that process of carving out your business in your life, that's when the gains come. It cost me tens of thousands of dollars. It took me almost five years to get to the point where I could leave my job. And I hope that throughout the course of this episode, I'll be able to give some framework so that the listeners are able to do that much quicker and without spending as much money as I did. Well, there's something about when the expectations are that you should be able to do it that quick. It really screws with people because something that's really upsetting is sometimes uh, people will say, yeah, I, I ran this sale and like I, I sent an email to a thousand people and like only 10 of them bought it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's good. Like 1% conversion. Like that. that's about 
average they're like oh really like they're like i thought like 800 of those thousand would buy like it's just the number like the expectations ruin more entrepreneur dreams than anyone than anything else like false expectations so there's a you know a bit of you have to be patient and that's why you really have to be in it for the right reasons you have to really love entrepreneurship and and all the growth uh potential that comes with it uh, as you as a uh, just personal development too, not just like your your business. You got to really be obsessed with personal growth in a lot of ways. Uh, like you were talking about waking up each day with passion. And uh, I know you're an avid reader and podcast consumer. You know, you're, you're consuming a bunch of new content too. Uh, so let, let's go back to what you're saying about like the six-figure years when they're comfortable leaving. But at what point do you typically recommend people leave? If they know I, I hate my job, uh, and, and of course there's like factors where if you have kids or not, that makes it a little bit harder to be risky of leaving. But is there a point that, that breaking point where you say, this is where I just cut the cord of whatever you're doing and just go full-time with your business idea. Like what would be the minimum requirements for you to confidently tell someone that's a good path? Oof. Well, okay. I think it depends on the person to your point. Everybody has a different context. Generally, the general rule of thumb is when you're making 40% through your side hustle, 40% of what you're making through your main career. So when your side hustle is making 40% of what you're doing in your primary career, then that's about the time to jump. I don't necessarily know that that's 100% correct. Everyone's different. I know for me, I had to time things out. So there was a few things I did. A, when I was in my primary job, making a lot of money, it was great. I aggressively paid down as much of my debt as possible, mortgage, homes, student loans. I didn't have student loans, but paying down as much debt as possible. You want to make it as easy as possible to transfer the next stage. Additionally, you got to get comfortable looking at your budget. When I would sit down with my wife and look at our budget, we were spending almost 40% of our monthly budget was going towards food. We're eating out a lot. You have to understand that we had to understand, my wife had to understand, we had to have a, a really tough discussion to sit down and saying, listen, we're, we're going to be taking an income hit. When I do leave my day job, when I leave my career, it's the, I'm the primary breadwinner, we're going to take a hit. We're going to need to sacrifice some things today to get what we want. We want extraordinary things in life, right? We want to have a large home. We want to have money in the bank. We want to retire at a certain age. We want to have a nice car. We want to stand out. That takes sacrifice. You can't do average stuff and get above average results. You need to take above average action, outstanding action now in order to get those results. And so we started making changes. And, and I think it's important, Derek, as well, that you, it's really hard to change habits. It's, it's really hard. It's better to start changing your habits before you leave your day job than after. Don't just say, I left my day job. Now I'm going from eating steak every Friday night to eating ramen. I think it's a better idea to start changing your habits beforehand so that when you do leave your day job, you already have the habits instilled. Especially if you're married, especially if you have kids, because all of a sudden, they're going to start resenting you. The people around you are going to resent you. You say, how selfish of you to leave your job and now we have to live this type of life because we are wired to do what's best for us now. I was reading a book, I believe it was in Atomic Habits, great book by James Clear, in which he says that 
millions of years of evolution have brought us to the point where we want what's best for us now. What feels good now? When's our when's our next meal coming? We're not wired to worry about where we're going to what's going to be good in 10 years, 20 years. We're wired we're wired to think, holy crap, a saber-toothed tiger is going to eat my face off. What can I do to survive? Stop going to Starbucks. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. And we could have a whole debate on that because some no, financial- I'm saying that's how you'd save yourself from the saber-toothed tiger. Well, <laughs> right. It's eat inside the Starbucks, right? So, I mean, I think that's a good point because you need to start kind of reversing your engineering to think about what can I do today? What sacrifices can I make today that'll help me to survive when the cold winter comes? So I can live above average. It, I don't think there's any way you can be a successful entrepreneur without sacrificing the present for the future. Where do you think your primary motivation came from to break from your other job and start entrepreneurship? Was it more for the desire to be an entrepreneur or the strong desire to not work your other job? For me, I think the latter. I was waking up every Monday staring at the ceiling and being like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go into work today. And you see this everywhere you go. It, there's almost every business that I walk into, I look at the employees, every single employee, no, none of the employees want to be there. The amount of people that are working in a job that they actually enjoy is, I mean, it's got to be a percent or less. Nobody likes their job and they're complaining about it to their friends, their family on social. All I can say is do something nobody likes their job. And if that's the case, as Gary Vee says, you're, you're broken. Your stuff is broken. If you're living five out of seven days doing something that you don't enjoy, you're, you're, something is broken. And I recognize that. I recognize that I was living for the weekend. I hated Mondays. I lived for Fridays. And that's no way to live life. So I started taking action. I started trying a ton of different business ideas, everything from vending machines to opening up an insurance agency Heck, I was even looking at selling old mattresses in a warehouse. I looked at everything, Derek, I'm telling you, until I finally landed on something that I loved and something that I could generate income from. And I was able to turn that passion into a profitable business. And the more people that I empower to do that, the better. It's, it, you're just going to have a better life overall. And that thing you loved, is it podcasting? It is podcasting. I started recording podcasts. I was learning from podcasts. I also, by the way, I saw that there was a huge market for podcasts and we're not even capped yet. People are leaving corporate media. They're leaving radio and they're listening to what's on their smartphone. And podcasts are such a powerful way of delivering messages. So powerful. So I leaned into that. I saw the market was going that way and it's, it's proving me right right now. The market is not saturated. More and more people are listening. There's a huge long tail. You don't have to be Joe Rogan. You can just be an average podcaster and, and really make profit from it. And I, I leaned into that and it, 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 it's opened up more doors than I ever thought possible. And your journey may not lead you down that same path. It probably won't. You don't need to be a podcaster to leave your day job and be happy. It was an avenue that worked for me. And the sooner you can get clear on what your skill set is, the sooner you get clear on your unique value proposition, your unique value add, the better. Because then you can start trying things, failing, learning, 
in finding something that works. It, it, so this is a funny thing, Derek. This you may have as an entrepreneur yourself, you may have had a similar experience. Trying new things is very uncomfortable. You get nervous. Your heart is pumping. You're afraid. What are people going to think? I'm going to mess up. What if it doesn't work? All these horror stories start playing out in your mind. But what happens after a while is you start to get used to that feeling. It starts to become an addiction. Your brain produces the same amount of dopamine for fear as it does for excitement. It's They're intertwined. Mm -hmm. And the same dopamine release that you get for excitement, like going through a roller coaster or having a first kiss, you start to get the same feeling when you experience fear. And it's, it's, it's honestly, it's become a, a rush for me. I'm always trying new things. I'm always challenging myself. I'm always getting nervous now. Almost every day, I try to put myself in an uncomfortable situation. You might say, Mark, that sounds sadistic. I don't want that. It, it's just the way that life is manifested for me. Because you, I just, I'm kind of addicted to that rush of trying something new, taking the risks. Because it, it's, I'll tell you, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. It's just not. It's only so risky if, even if it doesn't work out, it tells you what to do next. I, I think uh, I've always kind of seen marketing that way. Like right now, my my next move is like spending a thousand bucks on this like podcast growth agency that I've already bought some of their like lower plans, but they're just going to like run a bunch of Google ads and like pump a bunch of traffic to my show and they've done a good job. But like, I'm not worried. Like if it doesn't work out, I'm like, cool. Like I X off that path, but it was very necessary. Like I needed to do that either way. Like it's not an option to like not try it to like, if this makes me money then I need to know if it doesn't, then I need to know. So it's really just being okay with uh, the failure uh, in advance, but it, it's not even failure. It's like such a bad word. We need to all cumulatively come out with like a new word to call it. I, I, it's just like mistakes, right? But it's like, it's hardly that too. It's just like testing. It really is just testing like from a marketing standpoint. Um, so I think the hard thing in your position, like I, I'm a single dude and uh, it's it's a little easier for me to mess around. Oh yeah, if I gotta eat ramen, hey, it's just me. I'm I'm making eat ramen, you know. So you've got a family, and when you're going into entrepreneurship, right, you're having them go into this journey with you, um, where they they essentially just have to be patient. But they also get a lot of benefits out of it too. They get to see dad a lot more probably now that you're at home. Uh, how do you weigh it differently when, when you got like family and kids in, like, how do you factor that into the equation of risk-taking and entrepreneurship? Well, it's, it's certainly important. My family relies on me, but again, I kind of engineered my life in a way that allowed me the flexibility to go out, try and fail and learn. I, I time things out. So I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old and I had discussed this with my wife uh, for a while, when would I leave my my job? When would I leave my day job? And again, in combination of lowering our expenses by paying off debt, by lowering our expenses, by looking at our eating habits and our budgetary habits, we can carve this stuff out. We can save money, although it's harder with inflation hitting, but you know, that's a whole other story. And then we timed things out. My wife was feeling like she was missing something in her life. She wanted to go back to work and she's a teacher. So we timed things out that I would leave my corporate career at the same time she was going back into the workforce. So all these things in combination made it easier to make it happen. I think that above all, it, it's really important that you communicate. 
with your partner when you're going to make a shift like this. There needs to be expectations set, uh, set up. And I think that you also need to be able to prove that there is a path. There is a path here because not everybody is an entrepreneur. 95, I, I'm throwing this out there. I don't know the exact data point, but the vast majority of people want to get a paycheck. They want that paycheck. Without that guaranteed biweekly paycheck, it, it they have a hard time handling that. You can break that. You 100% can break that. If you're living this, if you're listening to the show right now and you're thinking, Mark, I like what you're saying. I'd love to live a better life where I have freedom. I have a higher ceiling of income, but uh, that makes me nervous. That makes me uncomfortable. You can break that. Getting comfortable with discomfort is a big deal. And you definitely can't break that. And that's a point that I hit on a lot in my podcast, After Hours Entrepreneur, because that process of growth is, is everything. It, Derek, have you heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yeah. This is exactly what Maslow is talking about, right? You've got your basic needs. And then as you go up, the you know, at a certain point, you're not satisfied anymore, right? Okay, I have food, shelter, water, sex. Okay, cool. I've got my base. You know, if you don't have those things, you are definitely not happy. <laughs> You're not happy. But once you get those things in your life, then it's time to move up to the next rung of the ladder. A paycheck is only going to get you up to a certain rung. But once you take on a certain new level of responsibility, you're moving up your way to the top level, which is self-actualization. And I don't think that you can get there. It, it, I cannot get there. By working a nine to five job where someone tells me what to do and gives me a paycheck, I can't get there. And if you can get there, that's great. More power to you. But at a certain point, I think there needs to be a new level of challenge. And to me, after hours entrepreneurship in building that side hustle up to a six figure business, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. In the ceiling, there is no ceiling. There's no ceiling. I talk to people that have these limiting beliefs where they're like, oh, I can never make more than $5,000 a month or $4,000 a month or $3,000 a month. Once you start building something and you start connecting and, and you do away with all that limiting belief crap, you start surrounding yourself with the right people, you start consuming the right content, reading the right books, you, then all of a sudden you're like, $100,000 a year, that doesn't sound like that much. A million dollars a year, that doesn't seem like that much. A hundred thousand dollars a month that doesn't that seems doable and i know it sounds crazy right now you know if if you're just starting your journey that sounds crazy but as you start to open up those doors and break through those ceilings you're like you start to realize that this type of money this type of life is achievable if you go out and, and you start to get it when i when i left my day and i'll i want to toss the mic back to you Derek. but quick story you know, I was making well over six figures a year um, in my corporate job, right? But I was unhappy. And it was very scary to me and my wife when I decided to take the plunge and start focusing solely on my podcast agency. The first week after I left, it was pretty quiet. I wasn't picking up a lot of new clients. I'm like, holy crap, I made a mistake. The economy's going to crap. What am I going to do? Week two, still pretty quiet. Nothing was happening. Week three, three clients. Week four, two new clients. Week five, more members into my group program. So all of a sudden, I'm eight weeks in 
at this at the point of recording, I'm about eight, nine weeks in, and the business is exploding. I I don't have enough time in my calendar. I've doubled the prices of my services. Everything is is it just is just exploding right now. And I I think that for me personally, that's a testament to facing that challenge in the face, facing that dragon in the face, and then punching him in the nose, and then doubling down and working at it. In it, it there, there's no greater feeling. And I recognize too that it's not always going to be like this. But when I bring people like Derek into my network, it makes it a little bit easier. So that's a really long-winded answer to your question. But that that journey itself is going to fulfill you. It's going to fill your cup so that you can flow it over into those around you. Because if you're not happy, your marriage, your relationship with your kids is not going to work. You need to you need to fill your cup. You need to be fulfilled. And the longer it takes you to make that shift, the the harder it will become because you'll just get more stuck in it. Maybe the job gives you another promotion, right? Like because you stuck around a little longer. Now it's a little harder to leave, and uh, and you just get a little bit more used to it with the, having the safety net. And uh, it, yeah, it, it's kind of like standing on a diving board. Uh, is how I look at it. Like if you just stand there all day, like you're, the irrational fear is going to get more and more real. If you just jump right away, it's a lot easier. So a lot of times we'll be talking like in the clubhouse rooms, it was like how to grow a podcast. And so many people will be like, I've been thinking about starting this podcast for, you know, about four years now. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. all right, all right. If you haven't done it yet, uh, I just want to be like, you need to leave this clubhouse room right now and go record your podcast. That's the only episode. That's that, that, that's the only answer that I could actually give you that would would do something for you. So it's it, there is that that fear, right? Uh, the thing that I think made it easier for me to pursue other entrepreneurship endeavors is because I came from direct sales and, and Cutco, like we just talked about on Mark's podcast, which uh, if you guys want to continue this conversation after, check out the link in the description for me on the After Hours uh, Entrepreneur. Uh, hopefully it's not too choppy. We had some technical problems, but I think you guys should get some good stuff out of it. Um, Dude, I learned a lot. You brought the heat there. Good. Really, really good. Like your story and the tactics that you that you share about how you were able to a, get a job working in direct sales and then convert that into a business that gave you freedom is, whoo, that's power, baby. So thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, so go check that out. Obviously, Mark's got an incredible story too because we're eight, nine weeks into this transition. I didn't know it was this recent that the full-time thing came came to be. Uh, now, what, what I was saying to you when, when I, from Cutco, the main thing I learned, like regardless of like, here's how to sell knives or is just like, Oh, it takes like three years before you're good at something. And I just like understood the patience before I started. I was like, oh yeah, like I'll start this business for podcasting. I mean, I don't stop once I start. So if I just come out like with one episode a week for four years, that's like, that's already enough. I already win. There's nothing else. To, like if I just do that, like, you know, there's, there's something about, I already knew it was going to work out um, because I had already seen like what an entrepreneurial journey looks like. How much of it, when you started this, uh, were you able to take uh, like some belief from other things in your life and apply it to this to to give yourself that added belief? I think so. I mean, I, I I really agree with what you said, Derek, about being patient. I remember going on a you know flying on a trip down to Jamaica with my wife for not necessarily honeymoon, but like kind of like a honeymoon. And I was reading Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week, which phenomenal book, by the way. If you've not read Four Hour Work Week, 
must read, super good. He wrote it like 15 years ago, but it's hyper, hyper relevant now. And there is this idea in here about, again, getting comfortable with discomfort. And I, I recognize that 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 process, and I've already kind of talked about that, that process of getting comfortable with discomfort is really important. And the, the other problem I think we run into in this day and age is comparing ourselves to others. This is a really dangerous thing because comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And this is something that is really, it, it's almost like a social media disease because yeah, people are taking pictures in front of, in you know, they're taking pictures out of context in front of nice cars or in front of nice homes or with really pretty women or really handsome men or whatever. Bunch of cash on the, on the bed, you know, whatever. We've all seen it. And we think, wow, that person did that in six months. Why is it taking me so long? It's because you're not getting the full story. And what that person understands is that traffic attracts traffic. And, and I get that. I, I think that's an important thing. As marketers, as business owners, that's an important concept to understand that traffic attracts traffic. But what, what I refuse to do is compare myself with what everyone else is doing, right? I don't want to compare myself to Gary Vaynerchuk. Like he's a different animal. What I want to do is I want to compare myself with where I was at yesterday. I want to compare myself with myself. Am I growing? Am I getting a little bit better each day? Because if you commit yourself to being 1% better each day, your growth doesn't go in a straight line. It's not like, it, it's not a diagonal line going up. It is an exponential growth. Because at a certain point, you're going to build up enough know, like, and trust. You're going to build up enough credibility. And then everything that you're doing is going to grow exponentially. So I think that being patient, but also being willing to learn. I mean, there's so many, there's so many points that I think I've learned over the years, Derek, but patience is a virtue and it's really manifested itself in the right way in my life. I, I you know, looking back over the past five years, there are things I definitely could have done differently. I spent money probably in ways that, that didn't give me the most return. I didn't surround myself with all the right people. I was definitely, I'm definitely a do-it-yourselfer. I want to get in there. I want to muck up. I want to try different things. And I think there's a lot of value in that. But I, I think that if, if I could have gotten myself into the right programs, surrounded myself with the right people, I could have done things more quickly. But regardless, when I look at where I was at a year ago, two years ago, three years, four years ago, every year there's a huge jump. And I just expect that one year from now, there's going to be another massive jump. So I think focusing on that, that growth and comparing myself with myself is when I have started to see the, the biggest growth points in my life. The compare game has never been easier to play than with social media. And like five episodes back, we, we talked about this. I, I came out with an episode called Why You Think You Suck and Why You're Wrong. And it's just about that you're, you're playing the compare game at way too early of a level or like I was talking about on your podcast a lot of times entrepreneurs will get really good numbers and they'll be like yeah like these are the numbers I got I ran the sale like these are the percentage conversion I'm like these are actually like really good numbers and like a lot of times you don't even know like you're getting great results you're just like expecting too much out of it so that expectation 
uh, coming from no experience is really going to screw you over. Because a lot of times too, when people will start like my paid ad program, they're like, all right, how long until I see results? What kind of question is that? Take that out of your vocabulary completely. It's just like, I know you're screwing yourself over so much when you ask that. It's hard for me to not then give them like a 20 minute lecture after. Um, but it's, uh, you know, if you're playing this compare game too, way too much uh, unfairly, then you're gonna always think you're in the wrong spot, even if you're in the right one. Like for me, uh, you know, Alex Hormozzi is an entrepreneur. Pretty much everyone should know by now. He's really killed it on reels at Hormozzi is his Instagram. This guy's like well on his way to being a billionaire. He's one year older than me, so I could easily be like, oh my god, I suck. Like if I just compare it to him. You don't see a lot of content from people at the bottom. It's a top-heavy algorithm. So it's, yeah, great point there. It's a very easy game to play. Uh, but if you just always play it with yourself, then you're always going to be winning too. And that's really the only race that you're up against is, is the year before. Uh, so speaking, speaking of, oh, I want to, yeah. sp you know, I just want to speak to that, that point with Alex Hormozzi uh, because his book, $100 million Offers, is excellent. Excellent, yeah. excellent. So it's really, really good. And I think, again, looking back, one of the best ways to level up is to read more. Yeah. I, I am not a reader, okay? Well, I, let me reframe that. I am a reader now, but historically through my life, I've not been a reader. I'm a watcher, I'm a listener, but I did not like to read. Over the past, when I, when I left my job, basically, I said, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna be a reader. And I recognized about three days into reading that, holy crap, what? If I wanted to level up my game faster, I should have been reading. Yeah. Upon realizing that, what what I what I've started to do on my show after hours entrepreneur is as I'm as I'm reading these books that are really good, I'm taking short excerpts, half a page, page, and I'm saying, this is people need to hear this. Maybe you don't have enough time to read a book cover to cover, but you need to have this point. Because most of the time when you're reading a book, there's like five or six points that are like core concepts. Yeah. And so I'm taking those points, I'm reading the page and then saying, this is how I've applied it. This is how you could consider applying it. And the response I've gotten back on that has been immense. It's been immense for me to be able to spend a month or half a month reading a book and then to share one page with the audience, say this, this is what you need to know. We were talking about this on, on after hours entrepreneur in our, in our discussion. How can you over deliver for your audience? How can you get feedback from your audience and deliver? And that I think is a big part of what's made my show successful. We've got 260 episodes now recorded and it's just, it just, I just keep iterating, keep reiterating, keep listening to the audience. And that's how I finally gotten to this point where I want to help people leave their day job. I want to help you get to your first six figure year. So how do we do that? Interviewing the right people, sharing the right stories, the right excerpts, and you know, that, that type of iterating, I think is where you start to see the gains in your own life and in your own business. Yeah. Reading is super important. Uh, you're not going to hear a lot of people that say that podcast changed my life. Unfortunately, I'm sure this will change some lives today's podcast, of course. Uh, but reading, there's something about it. Like you're reading in your own voice, uh, that makes it a little bit easier for, I think for you to just naturally adapt these ideas because you're just hearing it. You're not like watching someone on screen. Like, I don't really like their body language and eh, their cameras off, like the lighting's off. There's like less factors like that going on. And then, like you said, there's like four or five core concepts. 
over 300 pages beat the hell into you with multiple examples. So that's where you can really like understand things. And, uh, but yeah, and then being able to take that content and then turn it into like, put your own spin on it. A lot of times as like podcasters, just content creators uh, in the education space, you really are just translating uh, advanced concepts into uh, easy to learn ways through your personal experience. Uh, there's only so many like brand new discoveries to be made out there, uh, even for success. Uh, so like, yeah, hundred million dollar offers as a book and something you'll notice too, if, uh, for those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, whenever someone comes on the show and they say a book, like I've usually read it, like we we've usually read a lot of the same books. Like there's not going to be a major entrepreneur or marketing book. That's really popular that, we're not going to go read. Uh, so it's it's really important to be – It's a, the highest ROI investment you can make in yourself is probably in a single book because it's always like $15, you know. Um, for it's not close. Yeah, it's <laughs> – yeah, it's crazy ROI. Yeah, it's not close. And then, again, just taking those lessons and applying – you know, I think for me, one of the reasons why I never got into reading is yeah, I would I would try to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to read one chapter tonight. That'd take me whatever, 30 minutes, an hour. And then the next night I would say, okay, I'm going to read one chapter. And I'm like, I don't have an hour to read. I'm not going to do it. Mm. So, and I learned this through a book, Atomic Habits by James Clear said, you know, you don't need to be that hard on yourself. Don't, you don't have to read for an hour every night. It doesn't need to be one chapter. Just read two pages, just read one page, but keep that habit in place. Don't over, don't overthink it. Don't overwork yourself. Don't say, I don't take on a huge burden. Um, but you should be reading. You should be reading. If you really want to take it, your business to the six figure level, you should be reading daily. And again, it doesn't need to be a whole chapter. It doesn't need to be 30 minutes. Just read one page, but get into that habit of reading a little bit every day. And you will be amazed at the results. I'm telling you it's, it's worked for me. I, my business has probably quadrupled in the past two months. And a lot of that's because of focus, but I, I also put a lot of that emphasis on reading. And I also actually put a lot of emphasis on a mastermind program that I lead where we're reading these books and we're reviewing them together and we're making them applicable saying, this is what I got out of it. What did you get out of it? How are you going to apply this? So, you know, if, if I had two pieces of advice, it would be read more and surround yourself with the right people. Uh, speaking of that that group you've got going on, uh, t- tell us a little bit about like what your business actually sells as well as that group. Right. So I guess I'll give you a little bit of context because, again, my goal is to help you leave your day job to build a six-figure business, right? I run a podcast production agency. So what I do is I help clients launch podcasts, and I do monthly production for clients. I have seven team members on my team that do the production on the back end. And I'm kind of the face of the business. I do the branding, the consulting, the strategy, et cetera. What I, and that's a high ticket offer, right? You know, it's a high ticket offer to launch a show. It's a high ticket offer to do monthly production. What I recognized was I was having a lot of conversations with people, potential clients that either couldn't afford, that basically they couldn't afford the high ticket offer, but they wanted to work with me in some way, shape or form. So I said, okay, I'm having a lot of conversations, right? I'm filling my funnel. I've got a lot of calls. But too many of these people are walking away unserved. They want help. They want to take action. They want to level up a show or grow a show, but they just, they can't afford a thousand bucks, 5,000, $10,000. So what do I do? 
so I developed a group coaching program, which is kind of evolved into a mastermind program that meets weekly. We have free resources and guides and checklists, a lot of resources for people that want to get a podcast going. And that's a low ticket offer. It's only 50 bucks a month. That's something that just about anybody can afford. And what I found personally is that by putting forth a low ticket offer, it ends up providing, you, know, you can provide value at a low ticket level, which ends up leading to high ticket sales. It ends up leading to the development of your brand. Because now if someone's willing to invest a dollar a month or $2 or five or 10, now all of a sudden you've gotten that first dollar. The first dollar you get from someone is the hardest dollar. If you can find an offer at a low ticket, at a low ticket offering, and then deliver, well, you delivered for $1, I'm much more likely to pay you 10. You delivered at 10, I'm willing to pay you 100. You delivered 100, I'll give you 1,000. And I, I think that we, at least what a lot of coaches teach is high ticket, high ticket, high ticket, high ticket. And I get that. I get that. It's easier to serve one client than it is 10. However, in my experience, that low ticket offer has led to, to the selling of high ticket offers and it helps alleviate feast or famine. Like I said, there'll be, there'll be months where I have tons of clients. And there'll be months where I have no clients. And I'm like, holy crap, I need cash flow. I'm a small business owner. I need cash flow. Small ticket offer, problem solved. Subscription model, I've got people subscribing every month. And that, that's really solved the cash flow issue. And it's taken a lot of stress, taken a lot of stress of I need a new client. So anyway, that's the way I've kind of formed my business. And it's, it's, it's working for me. And I want to teach other people how to make it work for them. Yeah, ultimately, as long as the offer is based around solving a problem, of course, it's going to work. So like he already knew it was going to work before he started because you were already talking to so many people that couldn't afford the high ticket. They just wanted, but they wanted to do something. They needed a little bit of extra help. They're, they're not willing to pay you to do everything. So you invented it out of that. It's not like because someone came around and told you like you need a low ticket program. You know, your customers told you you need a low ticket program. Uh, so just remember that like when, when with all this advice out there, like ultimately, if you're if you see the blaring problem and you know people would buy it, because uh, like, I know a lot of podcast listeners like by first name. Like I remember like doing courses in the past. They're like, trust me, like sell it for 10k on credit. Like I'm like I just like I know Sally won't do this, <laughs> you know. So uh, like you gotta ultimately take uh, that into into uh, you know w into what you're doing um, it, it is always going to be like the can't argue with factor to your business of like what your customers are actually asking for and what you know they'd buy. Um, wrapping up here though, Mark, uh, lots of great stuff though. Um, where, where can they find you? And then like any other final points that you make, I feel like you still got a bunch of value uh, that like, I just want to like almost be like, whatever value is like you want to talk about, like just take the mic without the question. Oh, gee. Well, I, I give away all my, all my best stuff for free. You can listen to the podcast after hours, entrepreneur, Lots of episodes coming out. I've had people like Pat Flynn, Derek obviously is on the show, Jasmine Starr, Chris Doe has been on the show, Sean Cannell, Roberto Blake, like the list goes on and on. And I, I don't know exactly how to say this, but I believe that the, the more good you put out there, the more good you put back. Just this past week, I'll give you just a quick story. Um, and I, I mentioned the Pokemon story, I think on, a, on, on our podcast, but I just want to share this real quick. 
I believe that the more good you put out, the more good you get back. And this past week in my pro group, the, the pro group that I run, I gave away two books to audience members. Um, one of my team members this past week, I bought three books for because I knew they were going to help him become a better team member to provide better service. I even bought him a an upgraded audio editing program that's 500 bucks. Bought it for him, 500 bucks. Because I believe in investing in others. The more good I put out there, I, I believe that I'm going to get that back. And just this past weekend, long story short, my daughter got into uh, Pokemon cards. So I bought her, you know, I'm getting her into Pokemon, but they're very, these Pokemon cards are freaking expensive. You people over at Pokemon, you know what you're doing with these cards. <laughs> and I went on Facebook and I found it, a, a fellow dad who was going to sell me some cards, 20 bucks for a thousand common cards. Went over to his house with my daughter and he paid it forward tenfold. He gave us probably, I don't know, two, three, four hundred $400 worth of stuff for 20 bucks. And I, I believe that because I was able to put out the best, my best stuff out there, because I was able to give back to others, I got it back. I believe in that. And that's really what I try to do with After Hours Entrepreneur with the show, because I know that if I help entrepreneurs leave their day job, find satisfaction, build up to that six-figure year, that it's going to come back to me in some way, shape, or form. So again, that's what I'm trying to do with After Hours Entrepreneur. That's, that is really my gift to the world. I believe in it. I'm investing thousands of dollars into it. It's generating income for me too. Um, if you want to know more about that, go to Instagram and DM me at Mark Savant Media. Go to Instagram, DM me at Mark Savant Media and let them know where you found that you found me here. And let's talk. Let's chat. I'm I'm available to help you grow your business. I love that, Mark. It, it, I mean, it's it's a common thing to talk about, like, you know, put pour value into others and I put all this value onto the world and it'll come back to you. Um and, but it's another thing to like actually live by it. I think it's like one of those things that a lot of people agree with, but don't live by. Uh, something you might like that I've said about it because the, I think some people don't do it because it's like, what if it doesn't work? <laughs> like, what if I put all put out all this value and it doesn't work? So something I've had to say to myself is I'm going to overgive in every relationship I have so that one day it all comes back to me. And if it doesn't, then I will have been an over generous person. And that's something I can live with. That's why we're, and I think that if you're giving stuff away, in the spirit of, will I get back more than I give? And it, that yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah. It's, it's got to be selfless. It's got to be, how can, and I'm not telling you to go out into the street and just start throwing hundred dollar bills in the air. Right. Um, but to your point, Derek, when you, when you give without expectation, I, I mean, it, 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 it just does come back. I don't know. I don't know what to say. There's a law of reciprocation that's out there. And if you, if you give selflessly, things come back to you, things come back. It, it does. And it, and it's impossible for it to ever be completely selfless. Right. So just know, like, if you're like, <laughs> well, I'm still giving to charity for my own high, like that, that's part of it. Right. Like there is like going to be the selfish at reason to it. Otherwise we probably wouldn't do it. I don't think I've ever met a completely selfless human being out there. Um, but yeah, it ultimately is that you don't, you're not like, all right, I did this for them and I didn't get anything back. Like, I guess I'm doing it wrong. I'm disappointed. You know, like it, it there is going to be 
plenty of relationships, especially in the entrepreneur world. Honestly, you probably already know this. Like when you form collaborations with people, hey, can you post about the podcast episode? You know, like everything's just <laughs> like hard to rely on them actually doing for you, right? So, um, yeah, well, you so, well, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I'm not saying you know. But it's just okay if it doesn't come back it, like in every right. in every transaction you don't have to you're not looking for every transaction to turn into something if if it hits one in ten it's it's better than hitting zero out of zero yeah we could have i, I honestly we could have an hour-long podcast on yeah. this topic specifically because i don't i don't work for free either there have been times where people you know I, i'm in a part of a networking group and one of the networking leaders said hey mark i know you're into podcasting I'd love for you to donate your video services so you could record a bunch of content, edit it for us. And then we'll give you some referrals. I, I, I'm like, no, I, I can't do that. I can't work for free. Yeah. I, I, I have an agency. This is my profession. I, I don't work for free. You know, for me, donating all my time there, that means I'm not donating that time to my clientele, you know? So I, listen, I'm not saying work for free. What I am saying is that the more good you put out there, the more good you get back. Yeah. Yep. Love it, Mark. All right. Well, you guys know where to find them. Check out the After Hours Entrepreneur Podcast, and you can continue this conversation at the link in the description over on his show. Thanks so much for listening today, guys. Have a good one.